Hey, listen up, idiots. This is your spoiler warning. Also, you might get offended. So warning for that, too, you idiots. That's good enough. Yeah, that'll work. So Apex Legends, man. Hey, that's a game that came out. You, uh, you're not digging it? Um, that's, I don't know if that's even fair to say. I just, of all of the Battle Royale games I've played, <coughs> by this point, I think I've played most, if not all of them, um, at least, you know, to browse and see. Uh, I've not found one that I've loved. Um, it's just a game mode That really caters to a specific type of play, which is either you hide and wait for a long period of time, or you have to be, like, insanely fucking twitchy and good at it in order to get anywhere in the game. But most of my games in any Battle Royale game end up with hiding, 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 I see somebody, I die. <laughs> hiding, 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 getting gear, hiding, getting gear, getting more gear, I see somebody, I die. Just over and over again, and it just adds up to, like, hours that I'm literally just wasting and looting. And I don't mind as much with Apex Legends, at least, because it's free-to-play, so anybody can play it, and we're playing with friends. But if I was, say, like, Micah playing with randos, I don't think I would be digging it at all. I think this does... This is not to shit on Apex Legends specifically. That is just to uh, illustrate where I'm at with the Battle Royale genre. Apex Legends, I think, does a lot uh, good, I think, for the Battle Royale genre. I think it's probably the best of them, Yeah, I, I would, would say. easily agree um, What The ping system, is that what they're calling it? I think that's fucking fantastic implementation. I think that should be implemented into more multiplayer games. It definitely is just, it's it takes care of everything for you, which is so nice. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. And if you're playing with random people like I've done before in uh, what the newest Call of Duty, uh, <clears throat> I don't use my headset because I don't want to fucking talk to two random people. And then if I have my headset on, the chances of them also having their headsets on, not great, you know? it It's just a really weirdly antisocial kind of realm <laughs> the battle royale places are like well, nobody really... really talks and if they do it's shit talking or it's like that obnoxious person who has like a speaker next to music like real close and you're just hearing bad distortion coming through i don't know man I, everybody that i've played with on the pc they're a lot more likely to talk maybe this is because you're playing on pc uh well i play on and both. pc i think probably but caters to that more it- they're, they've always been super helpful and just, it's all been yeah. call outs. It's been really nice. Uh, Interesting. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I agree with, like, I don't know. It does so many things so right. Uh, yeah. It, it cuts 40 people out of the standard, like generally, like PUBG and I think even Fortnite, they're like 100 person matches. Okay. And then Call of Duty's was 80. I think, yeah, maybe 80. Mm-hmm. So this one's down to 60, which is cool because you don't have to wait as long to get a game going. It's not True. as buggy because there's not as many people connected. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. It's also a smaller map, which yeah. is really nice. And it's also easier to traverse it quickly once you figure out what they are. Like there's the balloons that you can mm-hmm. relaunch yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, zip lines everywhere. Yeah, all fantastic, I think. Yeah, I, di- I didn't even think about the the point of the convention of the map. Like, that is crazy how they... they and there's a lot of different... big enough that you can hide, but it, it doesn't feel big enough. Like, in Call of Duty, I would be walking to a place, and it would take minutes to get somewhere. You wouldn't see anybody. And it's mostly just, like, big open fields with, like, maybe a tree or a hill. Yeah. You know? This game does feel more dense or populated. Not not populated with people, but with like objects and geometry and like Yeah, there's a features. lot of cool different Yeah. And well and what's cool is there's a lot of different terrains in this. There's like yeah. there's the jungle, there's a desert strip down at the bottom. Mm-hmm. There's a big industrial part. So there's all these different playstyles and depending on the different way the map condenses, there'll be different variations you have to take into account oh sure yeah i don't know it's just it's really cool too it's very varied for such a small place it is Mm -hmm. um 
the callout system, the just the movement in general. I mean, mm-hmm. it's made with the same engine that Titanfall's made in. Yeah, that's that's maybe a question or concern of mine. It, maybe I'll have to go back and play Titanfall two again. But since EA owns both of them, and this is uh, is uh, respawn, respawn. Uh-huh. uh I feel like a lot of these assets and textures are taken straight from Titanfall. Well, I think Titanfall they are. Too. I believe that lore wise, this takes place in the Titanfall universe. Well, that's a convenient yeah. way to do well, that. I mean, but I, I feel like this is a response to maybe the poor sales of Titanfall 2. Like, they're doing this to It definitely has blown capitalist. Titanfall 2 out of the water. It did. It's a humongous hit right it now. It definitely did. Uh, but, I mean, it definitely is a reskin because all those guns are from Titanfall 2. Those are the same guns. Okay, I thought so. Yeah. I was not as confident to talk in that. But Absolutely. there were definitely, like, the doors and textures. I'm like, that's Titanfall 2. And even, like, the, the respawn generator where you put in the tag. Uh-huh. I was like, that's just the thing you fucking hold for points in yep, Titanfall exactly. pretty much. But, I mean, but here's the cool thing about it. Like, they didn't have to spend money on those assets. They already own them. Oh, it's definitely a smart move. Yeah. But it makes me wonder why they didn't just call it, like, Titanfall Battle Royale huh. or something, you know? It's, know. It's, it's just weird. Just well, weird. Well, I guess maybe because this specifically doesn't have mechs either, and they didn't want to give the even the oh, hint that oh yeah okay like the the robot suits would be a thing so. i could see that titanfall is branded specifically to the mech yeah side okay. they are the titans okay so. that makes perfect sense you have talked me into this great <laughs> <laughs> turn them around folks it's what i do here no uh i EA would... send me my check at my address please <laughs> careful they will <laughs> <laughs> uh no i uh it's it's early. It's early in the Apex Legends days yeah. for me. And I think this could grow into something I enjoy a lot. But we also talked about like Dead by Daylight early on. And my opinion has drastically dropped off since then. Yeah, I also kind of... Even when we did the Dead by Daylight episode, I could kind of see where it was going. Like, I enjoyed it for what it was. Yeah. But that didn't mean that I really liked it. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. So I'm also, this is like the best I've ever done at one of these types of games on either platform. Oh, okay. I, I would say me too. Yeah. I actually do pretty good in this game. I at least get mm-hmm. usually a kill. Sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so that that's also another bonus for it. Right. I, we both had the luxury of beating a man to death. We did. Separately. Yeah. Separately. You in a kind of gang situation. Me and Mitchell. (laughs) Me and Mitchell, like, he was jumping around trying to avoid us, and somehow he jumped over us, but jumped into a corner, and then we surrounded him and beat him (laughs) mercilessly to death. And it was pretty awesome. We were were giggling like psychopaths the whole time. Fantastic. My beat a man that, uh, my beat a man to death moment also involves Mitchell. Uh, a nice. Binary Thursday podcast, you should listen to it. What it's up? Pretty decent. Uh, pretty decent, he says. I mean, but in fairness, yeah. like, that's better than we're doing. Sure. Um, I don't remember who the third person was. I want to say it was Sean, but it could have been Micah. I don't remember fully well, and I'm sorry. But, uh, we also landed, like, where another troop had landed, and just had to beat up our own men to death, so all three of us just beat down this other team. Really? That's at awesome. At the same time, so I was like, hey, I just beat a fucking man to death, and Mitch was like, yeah, I did too, and then this other person, uh, Sean or Micah. You don't remember I feel who? real bad about this now. I wish the story had a different... Let's take it back. This other third person, who could be anybody, I'm not gonna say to prove that I don't remember, uh... <laughs> Also, then jumped in and was like, yeah, I beat my person to death. And it was just, it was a great moment. We all beat somebody to death yeah. with our fucking fists in a battle royale game. That's never happened. I don't oh, know. Yeah, I, so, I don't know. That's a high, right? Like, yeah. That's a high moment. <laughs> I was uh, I was braggadocious within our one chat group because I said <laughs> that uh, I, I am the kill leader right now. <laughs> with I think I still am, unless anybody's played. I have a lot more on PC, though, surprisingly. All right, so what is this kill leader? Well, I just business? have in, in all of our... Does it count all of our kills and kind of I'm it up, or? It doesn't say it specifically. I'm just calling myself that because oh. I have the most in the group. Oh, I see. Yeah. I thought this was something in the game. No, that I didn't know no. Oh, okay. Yes, then you are the kill leader. Yeah. Uh-huh. Just, kill Meister Funky Fresh. <laughs> what the hell else were we talking about before we hit record? 
It wasn't <sighs> teeth sucking. I ranted on Kingdom Hearts for a bit. No, it wasn't that. Uh, and then... What was it? It was bad. I recommended Battle Royale and sucking that up. No. I don't remember anything... Was it King either. of the Hill related? Bobby Hill? Yeah, I think so. I can't remember. That led into it. I don't know. We lost it. Whatever. <laughs> it's gone to the annals of time. The annals of time. The annals of it's time. in the ether. <laughs> um, I'll smoke that ether. Just kidding. I don't even know if you smoke ether. You probably uh, just inhale it, right? Ether? Ether is just like a aerosol thing, right? No, I think it's a liquid, but you pull it oh. on something and then inhale it. Is ether the thing they drug people with, like, the cloths, and they come up that, and, like, put it on their mouths? No, that is, uh... I forget what that is. Because I can't think right now. It's not ether. It's fucking... Chloroform. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Chloroform. Yeah. Ether is what, in, uh... It's fear and loathing, they pour on the American flag, and then they're walking into the place, and they're walking all dumb. And okay. He's like, ether makes good ether high makes you look like you're drunk. And Las Vegas loves a drunk. So they let you in. You pay your two dollars and they kick you inside. Or whatever it is. Ah, you know, I believe it. Whatever that is, I think that is a quote from the movie. I take that at face value. Acting? <laughs> Acting! I sell it real well. Is that Matt Barry? Is that the guy from uh, the It Crowd? Uh, I the think. The boss man? Yeah. I also also remember it. I a wish lot. for a robot hand. Uh, what's his face? Picard. Oh fuck! Yeah, he uh, does it a, a couple times. Patrick Stewart. Yes, Patrick okay. Stewart. Yes, he'll do it occasionally. <laughs> he'll do. And go, That's right. Acting. <laughs> he's got that great British voice. Oh man, he's the best. Mm-hmm. 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 Everybody else wants, you know, fucking who's the narrator that everybody wants? Morgan Freeman. Oh, to speak? To to narrate their life, but I'd have Patrick Stewart. Yeah. Some people say Samuel L. Jackson, which would be all right. Yeah. But still, I don't know, Patrick Stewart would just be... I'd be A-okay with Seth Rogen, or like I said, Matt Berry. Seth I Rogen? I Matt Berry's voice. You would have Seth Rogen? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like his I'm gonna dumb say, little laugh. I love it. Like having Seth Rogen would almost <laughs> just be like having me follow you for like 24 <laughs> hours a day. You don't want that. He sounds like an idiot, and he laughs like a dumb dumb. I love it. <laughs> I love it so much. It's, I don't know what it is. It's weird. <laughs> like, all right, so. You know how you have, like, the the hall pass list, right? So in a relationship, you have the people you cheat. And then you have, I don't know if many people have this, but Laura and I have a turn list. uh, People who you would turn for. And at the top of mine, it's like Paul Rudd would totally turn for that man. And it's like a bunch of other handsome dudes. And then there's Seth Rogen. Yeah. I would totally go for Seth Rogen. Really? I think, yeah. I love everything that dude's about. Alright. Yeah. I don't like him that much. And his much. dumb little laugh. I'll take it all. I like Seth Rogen <laughs> a lot. He does, he's done a lot of my favorite stuff. Okay. Okay. But I wouldn't bang the dude. <laughs> I mean, that's true. I probably wouldn't bang in this scenario. I would just, because these are all like celebs high up, I'd probably just have to take it, you know? Oh. And that's fine. Okay. You know, they deserve it at that point. He would be a bear, I would imagine. I, or other terms, I'm not. I don't know. <laughs> Ryan is not entrenched in the gay culture. No, but I know there's like a lot of them. Like otter's a term. That that sweater would indicate <laughs> otherwise. Would you believe my wife bought this sweater for I me? I would. <laughs> would you believe that it makes you look like a casual homosexual? This hey, this is uh, this is IU business cash uh, right here. This is uh, the Ryan, sweater that got me into IU. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Whatever. I'll yeah. wear a fucking sweater and get a job. Sure. I don't fucking care. <laughs> Pay me my money. <laughs> Give me that money, bitch. Uh, speaking of money, what are we talking about? We're talking about the bodyguard. This is, I think, the longest we've gone in a while. Is it? Without referencing what we're talking about. Oh. And fuck it. We're just going to do that forever. We yeah. don't care. We're talking about... Oh, why? Dude, happy Valentine's Day. That's why we're doing it. Happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> this is a weird... Like, 
I don't know. Eventually, we won't have any free reign on this show because every single episode will be tied into some sort of tradition or theme. Yeah. And we'll be hogtied and and screwed (laughs) and have no more control over the direction of what we do. I think this is pretty much like, this is going to have to be the last one. No more after this, because then you're right. Well, we do have one more theme month we're starting this year, too, though. Just in January! (laughs) It's all Justin movies. Yeah. Justin Thoreau. Or games. Sorry, Justin. How many Justin games are there? Was there from Justin to Kelly game? I think there actually was. I think there might have been. What was the full name of that movie? From Justin to Kelly with Love, right? Was it Spring or, Break or something? It was something. Was there Spring Break in the title? Yeah, something like that. I know it revolved around a cruise ship or something. Or I never saw it. I thought it was a resort. It's, did you say Camp Poon? No, Cancun. Oh, okay. Not Camp. It's like I'm pretty sure it was the American Camp- Idol movie was not called Camp Poon. Oh man! <laughs> Could you imagine if it was though? Uh, I mean, be- I'd be. I probably wouldn't see that movie still. Camp Poon? No. It's alright, so that either has to be a porn or if it's like a real movie, like yeah, I definitely don't want to see like an R rated Camp Poon. It's National Lampoon's Camp Poon. Ugh. You ah that's a joke, but that could very easily be like directed a movie. by me <laughs> for a budget of ten thousand dollars. <laughs> and a year's supply of hot pockets. That's what they paid me. Just to keep the National Lampoon's license in-house. Yeah, there you go. It's that's like, what it is. That's why they hired me. It was my first big directorial debut. But I knew it was just like a, a Fantastic Four situation. Well, you also had like... You were the, the B unit directing on, you know, Ban- American Pie Bandcamp 5. Back to oh, basics. Man. No, they did one of those. It was like 4 was Bandcamp, wasn't it? Well, or no, maybe five. Some of those, there were four in the American series, and then they didn't have numbers for the spinoffs. And there was a Bandcamp, and then there were like more than just Bandcamp. But there was even a Bandcamp too. The Bandcamp one is like Stifler's younger brother. Yes, has to go to Bandcamp as like a punishment. I saw that only because Family Video was like, I I just got a job at that time for the first time, and like you can rent any movie. Oh, cool! What came out this week? American by Bandcamp. Well, I will take that. And then I learned to be more selective with my choices. Oh man, I've never seen it because I saw. I remember seeing the trailer on like one of those before movie DVD. Like mm. it, it wasn't mm-hmm. in theaters. Yeah, and I was like, man, that Where movie they looks say, terrible. Coming to theaters, and then there's a break. Coming to video. Yeah, coming soon to DVD. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, Stifler's younger good. brother yeah. is in over his head. Yeah. The only way out. Is Bandcamp. That would be like after, you know, one or two Pirates of the Caribbean movie. They were like, we're going to do a movie based on Jack Sparrow's younger brother. Oh, cool. The person who doesn't need a movie to themselves because they are fucking obnoxious. You're going to focus on somebody who's not even like them, but like vaguely related doing a dumb impression. They're already rebooting that series, too. What's the Pirate series or Mm -hmm. the American Pie series? The Pirate series. I would be much more interested in American Pie reboot. I think the Pirates movies make a shit ton of more money than the American Pie series. Only overseas. Only overseas. That last one that came out, the Dead Man's... That's why they're rebooting. But those first three were fucking humongous, man. Yeah. And then the fourth one with the mermaids came out and did kind of... I've not seen any more after the first three. Oh, I've seen them all. I've fucking seen them all. I don't care. And then this last one was like it tanked here like it didn't make back its budget in america which they've always done but in china in the asian countries surprise surprise fucking tons of money tons of money went into it like the transformers movies are that way too yeah 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 because i think it's it's just spectacle at that point because did uh, you see that matt damon movie about the great wall called the great wall Uh uh-huh uh, I didn't, but I wanted to. I saw it on a plane, I think. How was it? Oh, it was awful. Ah, uh, that's unfortunate. That it was, was definitely bad. uh, uh, we'll we'll do this because China's giving this movie studio a ton of money 
to lend out Matt Damon for the time being. I knew that right away, but I was still into the idea of like, uh, it's a bunch of big butted Chinese, Chinese people movie. fighting monsters on the Great Wall. Yeah, that sounds fucking fantastic. But apparently not. No, that's uh, really dumb. Damn. That's super disappointing. Um, you know, it's not really dumb. I don't know. I'm asking you. Uh, What's well, not really dumb? Quentin Tarantino is real smart. Um, <laughs> we've already established Seth Rogen is not dumb, and I would take his cum, and that would be welcome. Oh, damn. That was a snappy little jingle there. I don't know what, yeah. I don't know what inspired me there. My love is Seth Rogen. It's Valentine's Day, and I need to say... It I've is been, Valentine's I've Day. I've been holding in my love for one person. <laughs> Seth Rogen, it is you. Uh, damn. Please. And I sang a song to you today. I'm yeah, I know. That. But did you put in that dumb little sonar laugh? I didn't. That's what it would that was what it sold it. <laughs> <laughs> what? That's terrible. <laughs> Is that it? That's more <laughs> It's it's <coughs> He's got like a <laughs> syncopated like airy cough. I've analyzed it. I love I know his what cough. You're, okay. God damn I love his his little laugh cough. <laughs> Closer. Yeah. <laughs> that it does get into abuse. I'm trying to go too low. I think that's the issue. Yeah. I don't know. But hmm, does it for me. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Maybe it's a thing you have to be circumcised to do. <laughs> Wait, what? Are you circumcised? I'm circumcised. <laughs> oh man. Are you uncircumcised? No, I'm totally cut. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm not some fucking weirdo. Uh, the, the views Kyle say on this podcast do not reflect the views of Ryan. Hey, everybody's dick is beautiful. Yeah, if you got your fucking, <laughs> if you got that captain's hat on, man, it's weird. Uh, and you're flipping me out. <laughs> Ryan won't comment on your dick, but I will. Getting super uncomfortable. I just don't know what <laughs> really? you say. I'm, I'm, sorry, not, I'm just fucking around. I'm not seeing too many, uh, sheathed dicks, to be honest. <laughs> Messing to me, dicks in general. I don't know why that qualifier. I thought that was gonna help. <laughs> See, tons of dicks, none with the sheath. It's crazy. Massive amount of dicks, though. So many. So I, I, I have Seth a Rogen, Paul Rogan. Man, <laughs> this movie. All right, Bodyguard. We're talking about it because of this. I don't know. I guess. We both make up equal amounts of traditions, I feel. Sure. But I decided... We watched a pop star movie once for Valentine's Day, and I was like, hey, let's just do pop stars as a theme for Valentine's Day. This has been the biggest stretch yet, but I am curious to see this play out. <laughs> yeah. Well, so I agree. <laughs> I, after, you know, I thought about it for a bit, and there is kind of a deep well of... Female pop star. Surprisingly, as movies. we started naming them, I was like, "Oh, and some of them aren't shit ass private Valentine garbage." Oh, okay. This we is could also kind of, I think, technically classify Coyote Ugly because I think that's loosely based on Leanne Rhymes, and she's in the movie because the girl ends up like selling her songs to Leanne Rhymes. Oh, I mean. I would watch that because I think that's a pretty decent movie. You do? Yeah. I, I remember, saw it in theaters and I remember not, I was like, God, this movie's dumb as hell. I remember really digging it. And John Goodman's in it. He is. And I love him. He's pretty good. John Goodman also on that list because of his stoner <laughs> laugh as well. I would turn for John Goodman. But only the 10 Cloverfield Lane John Goodman. Oh, the creepy one that's he intense. He knew what was up. He was a dom. And you would definitely, <laughs> he, he definitely, you would submit to that dude. <laughs> yep. There you go. It all makes sense. John Goodman just seems so fucking nice. Like he does. He does. It's that Louisiana the spirit. Right? Is that what it is? Yeah, because he's from New Orleans. I did not know that about John Goodman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we took a bike tour in Louisiana by his house. Oh, he lives down there now. Still oh, damn. Still, and he's in the Treme Show on HBO. That's all about New Orleans, oh. specifically because of his big involvement in New Orleans. I'll be damned. Yeah, I learned John Goodman fact. There and I go. like John Goodman. He's great. Love him. John Goodman is not in The Bodyguard. No. Sadly, we get Kevin Costner. <laughs> now, you say sadly, and 99% of the time, I would agree with you, because I don't enjoy Kevin Costner. Yes. 
I fucking like Kevin Costner in The Bodyguard. I thought he did a pretty good job. He I'm was, with you. He I, was I, enjoyable as hell. Yeah, same. I, I've seen Waterworld. I've seen The Postman. I've seen so yeah. many of his movies. Dances with Wolves. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I like Dances with Wolves, but I don't think he's particularly exactly. great Exactly. He's not yeah. great in it. He's not great. And I don't think he's the strongest part of this movie either, but I do really like him here. Yeah. And I think he's fucking really solid in this role. I think he's believable and kind of when he needs to be the action man who gets shit done. And then he's very believable as kind of somebody who is very tough in their facade, but very vulnerable. Yeah. And can open up and have a more soft sense of the side. Like when he's playing with the kid, it all makes sense. Like it, it's not a weird thing. Like, I don't know. The only other time I've seen this done well is like the man on fire with Creasy and Dakota Fanning. Oh man, they had a great relationship. That's the only other time I've seen it done that well where like the tough, stoic, big bad man like can hang with a child and it's not like force or seems like, oh, that's not in your character. I think man on fire is like the best of it though, man. I do too. I think, uh, man on fire took the bodyguard and perfected that movie. Uh, which we'll probably talk about at some point because I didn't know you liked the vampire and this is one of, I think, Tony Scott's best. Mm-hmm. I would agree. Okay. Yeah, Absolutely. Cool. It's a fantastic right, yeah, movie, yeah. man. It's, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I love the way they do we need stuff in that movie, too. Here's the only problem that's going to be with Bodyguard. I already know. You and I both love this movie. Yeah. We've already decided 2019 we're not going to fucking hold not, surprises yeah. for this podcast. It's stupid. But we need to find something... We need some animosity back in this bitch. We gotta find something that I hate and you love, or you hate and I love. We gotta get... Oh. <laughs> we gotta get some strife going up in here. Just for future reference. Well... I don't know why I'm trying to bring up conflict on the day of love, Valentine's Day. I'm sorry. Forget I even brought it up. Well, I think then we need to go into the more middle range shit. Don't go for what everybody loves or everybody hates. You gotta yeah. go for that bullshit middle ground. And I think American Werewolf in Paris... Is that kind of bullshit middle ground? I think that's where we're going to find the differences. I also really like Private Valentine. <laughs> but like I understand. For real? I understand that it's a completely garbage movie, but it's like on the level of the room for me. I like it because it is oh. so oh, horribly sure. dumb sure. and bad. Well, like, here's, here's something. I don't like the room. I, exactly. I, I don't. It's not your type of thing. No. But for me, like. Well, I, I like Troll too. I love Troll 2. Like, to me, but... Private Valentine is just, it's a giant cringe. It's like everything about it is so dumb and it bad. Is, but not intentionally, I don't think. No, it's not. And that's what and that, I like is that. Oh, that tr- bugs me. See, they're trying <laughs> and they think they're making a movie, but it's so basic and dumb. Like, mm. it's almost, it's like the room. I don't know, man. It's so paint by numbers and just. Cliche and ah, it's almost like it was written in the fifties for like Lucille Ball, and then it just was in development hell for forty years. Yeah, it feels. And then Jessica Simpson got by a very very old man. Yes, specifically a man. Yes, like Harvey Weinstein. Precise, like or not even worse than that. Like imagine how terrible those old fat dudes in the fifties were to those young oh starlets. Yeah, let like dude. A billion times worse than Weinstein. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know about that. Mm. I, don't I don't know, know who's worse. I'm not going to qualify because I don't know. And well, w- let me qualify by <laughs> saying that Harvey Weinstein, pretty huge piece of shit. He's a piece of shit. Yeah, <laughs> massive. But I'm if you're saying Harvey Weinstein was the first, no, or that it's worse than it was in the 50s, I would, yeah, I would disagree with both of those statements. Yeah, I, I can't quantify yeah. what time was worse. I'm just saying. There were probably a lot more dudes of a yeah. Harvey Weinstein level back in the yeah. 50s. Martin Luther King Jr. once said. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, but yeah, that's why. has the long slope towards positive change is what it is. It's long and it's slow and it takes a while, but it's always getting a little bit better. So, like, even though shit seems dire with Weinstein... I guarantee you it was way worse. <clears throat> I didn't even really then. want to focus on Weinstein this much at all. I was trying to make a throwaway joke. Uh, Weinstein's the I'll worst. fucking talk about whatever. That's the thing. You throw a bone in front of me, and I'll talk about that. He jumps bone. on it, folks, like a dog. I do. That's why, yeah. Uh, Private Valentine definitely feels like it's from, like, the 50s. And it held does. over, and somebody punched it up, 
slap Jessica Simpson in there. Yeah. That mo- There's no way that movie came out in theaters. Spoiler for a future episode, maybe. Kingdom Hearts 3 feels that way. It feels like <laughs> a game that was written and developed 20 years ago. And yeah. it just got like a fresh coat of paint. Probably. Um, Boom! I boomed the mic, too. I hope that hurts ears. <laughs> You're going to hurt them. <laughs> Let's hurt this movie as we discuss the body. <laughs> I got I got notes, man. Let's go into it. Yeah. Well, where are we at time wise? Oh, this is perfect. Yeah. This is perfect. Yeah, we're good. Yeah. We're good. Bodyguard man. So yes. I did like it a lot. I did stress to you my big complaint, man. The third act of this movie is like it's not good. And it does mm-hmm. take a lot of points off for me because it does get so jarring and then I don't know. But there's a lot of cool stuff in this movie, too, and a lot of things that I really did enjoy. Although it, it won't seem... I'll try to remember positives. A lot of my uh, notes seem to be kind of negative. Interesting. <laughs> but uh, I, I, it's just nitpicky shit, first of all. Like, So this movie opens with Kevin Costner like shooting a dude, right? And he's protecting a guy on the ground. And <laughs> so he knew that that was weird because the guy was cleaning the cars. Yes, uh-huh. And they but don't clean on that level. They don't clean on that level. Mm-hmm. But those are all really nice cars, and that is a gross, leaky warehouse. Why are you storing your cars where they're just getting fucking leaked and dripped on on these fucking pipes? Is this Hollywood? I don't know, man. Is, is this L.A.? Is this New York? Where is this? It doesn't say. But it's in it a was... big city. I imagine inside every facade, it is just a leaky, shitty building <laughs> in these big cities. <laughs> well, it doesn't... That's the thing. He... They emphasize that he's never home long enough to even unpack his mm, stuff mm. at his place because he's always traveling. So we don't know where it is. It it's could be detail. anywhere. He also, they emphasize in this opening scene, it's very good because he takes his money and he leaves. He's like, you know, you hired me for this long. I don't get attached to the person. And the guy really wants him to stay because mm. he just saved his life. He's like, hey, man, come on, just hang out. You're great. You're the best. You're the best bodyguard ever. It's what? This title he has. He's like, no, I can't do it. I have a code. It's uh-huh. Kevin Costner here. Uh-huh. He takes his money and leaves. And then, where the fuck does he get looked up at? Where does he get looked up at? What well, do you mean looked up at? he gets contacted by... Uh, the older man. Yeah. From uh, Whitney Houston's camp. Rachel's camp. Yeah. Uh, man, I don't remember. I don't either. It's, he doesn't he make just like a home visit? He just stops by his home because he's throwing the knives. When oh, he that's stops right. By, that's right? right. Yeah, he's yeah. just in his backyard drinking and throwing knives because <laughs> he's on vacation. Yeah, he, he just yeah. got paid. He did his job. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He was doing the bad throw too. You remember that? Yeah, and I thought that was a good touch again. In like most of these kind of stereotypical man on fire, would not show Dan Denzel Washington like miss. But, like, they gave him two misses, and I was like, oh, that's clever. But, see, I think that he was, like, playing up that fact. I think he was. But either way, like, it works. It's a subversion to, like, what is the trope, which is just, like, badass can throw knives real good immediately, right away. And, like, that's always uninteresting. This film does something a little different. It It was, well, and it was cool showing him doing the practice. Yeah. And uh, that was... Because this movie is good at... Payoffs and, and set up some payoffs. Here, I will say I had never seen this movie before. I had never seen. This okay, movie before. so we've got that qualifier. Was really out there not too. looking forward to this. Movie. I wasn't either because I remember like <laughs> all the marketing and everything was like really playing up this romance in this movie, and this was like a love story for the ages. Yeah. And when I was watching it this time, like I was, I really appreciated like it went in uh, to a lot of detail of him like going through his bodyguard and security setup routines and like. It's as much of a procedural on the bodyguard kind of routine yeah. as it is like a romance. And I think probably more focuses on the procedural part. It was really cool. It, it like opened up and uh-huh. was like a peek behind this curtain and showed into his thinking style and how yeah. he's very meticulous and he's very take charge. And it was just all these really nice subtle world buildings that is a very right. show don't tell. Mm-hmm. Even though they also do tell us a lot like. Oh, you're the best. What is his name? Frank or? Farmer. 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 Yeah, Farmer. They're like, oh, Farmer, you're the best. It's what I hear. I hear you're the best. And all, it's, yeah. But they Here's, still, they show it too. The, they do. And the weird thing is, even though they, they bump him up and say like, oh, you're the best. He's the number one bodyguard. And you believe it. You fully believe like, 
yeah, if anybody can protect uh, Rachel, it's this guy. This guy is fucking fantastic. Like, he's really dedicated. He's going through the stuff. But even though they kind of go through this, I still had, like, the suspension and the tension throughout the movie. Like, yeah. it still does really well with that. In other movies, when they kind of give somebody a task and they're, like, super powered, like a Liam Neeson in a Taken movie, sure. there's no fucking suspension. At any point, you're just like, Oh, okay. He's just going to kick a bunch of ass and I'm sitting back for the ride. He's going to torture somebody for a little right. bit. They're going to say, you got to go to Paris. There's no question yeah. at the end of the movie, Liam Neeson's going to win and he's going to get uh, the wife and girl back or whatever. In this movie, that question never kind of went away. Like you kind of up until the end, it's like, oh shit. He, I, I don't, cause I've never, I had never seen this. I'd not heard anything. I was like, I think he could die. Like he could, he die, could die taking a bullet for her and like, she that's could also the, die and he could. Turn to raising the child. Which they play up a lot yeah. with, like, the the Reagan issue. Like, he missed saving Reagan because he was burying his mother that day. Yeah. And, like, he lives with the regret of not being there to save somebody. So it could be, like, this tragic art of him reliving that same mistake over again, but on an even more personal level. But then They could have gone that way. Passing on his torch to... A son and like making up to or him. even like the yeah. uh the assistant he takes like the driver yeah and he starts getting him or tony who is it tony the bodyguard man i love tony Tony. all right let's talk about let's tony. talk about tony let's talk about this fucking fight out of nowhere it's fantastic you think so and it's like two moves and i love how quick it is tony tries to get the upper hand and sucker punch uh farmer uh two times and both times he like quickly diffuses it knocks knocks him back and turns away he's like i'm done and he comes for the sucker punch again and the second time like he does he like takes him to the floor he sweeps the leg and he takes the chair and shoves on his neck as he sits there it's like we're done we're done and then tony's like yep we're done and they get up and they kind of have this mutual respect for each other which fucking i don't know i think that happens with real fucking a type people but here's the thing (laughs) i would have i liked it better if it had ended there but then tony walks over and like picks up a knife for a second oh yeah that's right and then like like, he's gonna fucking stab him and it like doesn't he actually think it like he goes to do it and then he throws the knife at him he does well this is where the payoff comes in of him learning how to throw knives earlier is to just show like hey because here's the thing this whole fight is not like an animosity thing. I think it gets aggressive on Tony's part because he's being shown up. So he is escalating to match Kevin Costner. And that's why he finally pulls out the knife. But this whole fight is because you are proving Kevin Costner's worth as a bodyguard, as a position. Because he's sure. been questioned by Tony and Cy and everybody else in this fucking movie the entire time. That once Tony like kind of sees that knife throwing skill and like... Anybody who could learn to fucking throw a knife that takes hours of practice and discipline, they're going to be practice and discipline probably in their career as well, which is saving her. And I think it's there so they can kind of have this mutual respect for each other. He sees clearly Tony's passion for defending her, and he sees where Farmer's coming from, like, as a professional. And I, I, I have no fucking issue with the scene. One of my favorite scenes of the movie. I loved it. All right. And I think it's just shot very well. For a movie that is not real action-packed, I think the action is shot, a, like, super competently. It does a lot of them pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, There's one where he leaps out of a window and rolls into, like, the... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it's, like, uh, you can clearly see the stunt double, and when Kevin Costner's just kind of, like, sitting there, it's like, yeah, yeah that wasn't edited well. Like, that's... Mm, okay. <laughs> um, it is, like... It definitely feels like a movie... Of this time. Sure. This is a total early 90s movie. So I classify movies like this, Uh uh, The Last Boy Scout, The Fan with Robert De Niro, probably Cape Fear 2. They all have this similar... 48 Hours. Feel, uh, yeah. Time to Kill. Oh, no. What's the Gina Davis, Sam Jackson one? Uh, All, uh, something Spider... No, long kiss good night. Long kiss good night. Yeah, I got it confused with the last Boy Scout. Long yeah. kiss good night. Yeah, mm-hmm. but they all have that that nineties feel. What? Yes, it's just it's not Dark. flashy. 
But it's it's a competent movie. Like it, mm-hmm. it just flows. It's very well shot and edited. Nothing I think jumps it's out. Very very well shot. Yeah. I think the editing can be kind of hit or miss. But like you were talking about the opening scene, and it's just like quiet, silent uh, credits until that gunshot. That gunshot's the first thing you hear, and yeah. it like kickstarts the movie. And there are a lot of these little, just nice touches, like visual touches. Like camera is always moving around in interesting ways. I dug the camera work a lot in this movie. Yeah, enough so like I was like, who is this Mick Jackson that I've never <laughs> heard of? Should I see more of his movies? <laughs> yeah, it, it just flows very well. It's very interesting. It keeps the movie has an underlying pace through it. It doesn't drag, yeah. which yeah. I was afraid this movie would drag, especially because two hours and ten minutes. Well, long. and I didn't think I would be interested in the subject matter, uh-huh. and mm-hmm. I was proven wrong in that aspect. I really fucking. I got interested in this relationship, even though, like, I feel it's a manufactured outrage because, like, he fucks yeah. her once and he's like, I can't get this close. And yeah. it, it's so. It's a little bit of that yeah. office, or not the office, but the sitcom formula. Will yeah. They won't, they will, they won't, they. And the reasons that they keep splitting not... apart or getting angry are kind of bullshit and they do feel stagey. For yes. Sure. I'm with you. That, that was another small complaint. But again, you. I think that's just maybe a bit of generic writing, which. Sure. There's kind of a little bit in this movie that way, too. There is. Do you know who wrote this movie? No. Lawrence Kasdan of uh, Empire Strikes Back fame. Really? Mm. I'll be fucking damned. And I think he had a pass on the Force Awakens script. But yeah. this is Lawrence Kasdan. This is old school Hollywood. Oh, uh, yeah. All right, man. And it kind of feels like it. It definitely does. Yeah. Um, what a, I have some more notes. Uh, so, what's her name? Rachel. Well, yeah. This is just more of a Let's, general question. Yeah. Let's get into Rachel Whitney Houston. Yeah. We've not talked about her much at all yet. So, like, uh, well, in high school, she was in a band with her sister, now her manager, mm-hmm. and they played at the high school dances. And I want, like, that is a common thing I see in Hollywood movies, but, like, how often did a high school band play a high school dance not the high school dance ever but there were battle of the bands and they could have gone that route and so yeah, like but they won the high they, they won the battle of the bands every year in a row or something like but that like even in like back to the future he's auditioning to play for the school dance well that uh here you go that's my that might be what it is is in the 50s and 60s the sadie hawkins era like yeah. they did that shit they probably did do that that's what I'm... and these 60 year old fucking writers in hollywood are writing that for the current age, and they don't have a fucking clue what's happening. Sure, that's right? what I think's that's happening too. Yeah, part of it. <laughs> it's, um, it's out of touch, old white man syndrome. Let's talk about Whitney Houston, though. I please, um, not a Whitney Houston fan musically. Me I either. outside of the "I Will Always Remember You" song. Oh uh, yeah, the, the uh, theme to the Bodyguard. I decided I thought I was gonna do it, and then halfway through, I was like, "No, fuck that! Just, just." Just say and spit it out. Don't don't do that. <laughs> don't subject these fine listeners to that. Um, I've never been a fan of her stuff. I've heard it. It's just never caught me. Yeah. Um, and then to tell me she's also an actress in this movie, I was highly suspect at best. But I think she did a fantastic job. I think she's very very well well done at acting. Her That's such a dumb way to say that. Is fucking so good. She lights up the screen, man. She, she really does. That's very diva. Like that's got to be a it's, thing about it, because man, I like, I was gonna say this reminded me of Lady Gaga in uh the Star is Born yeah, that just, just came out. Has a commanding presence. Mm-hmm. I've not seen Lady Gaga in the American Horror Stories. Well, care and Kevin Costner is also playing the straight man very well to her yes. much more lively. Mm-hmm. larger than life persona which is it's a good dynamic in that it aspect is. they're it not is. outshining each other he's, yeah he's setting her up and helping her shine it's and i think her character is well written too because this is essentially damsel in distress the movie and she's not played that way no she tries to be she puts on a very strong and very independent front she is but yeah. she can again she can be vulnerable when she needs to be and yeah. she can be kind of like that caddy diva when she needs to be but then she's also like you see her sometimes with like the hollywood people and she's making jokes and like well i don't want to be next to you because you're skinnier than i am talking to like the guy who's gonna host the golden globe and like yeah. everybody's laughing so she's 
She's charming. She yeah. has like that charisma. She's that it factor. She can do all of this shit, and it just makes me wonder, like, man, maybe she should have been an actress. Like, yeah. she's real good. <laughs> well, and I, from you know doing research on it, she used to ask uh, Kevin Costner for tips in between takes and stuff. No and kidding. So she was really so, and, invested you know, in doing something here. But well, and you know, that's a pretty fucking good person to be asking for acting tips would be Kevin Costner. I mean, he's a little wooden. But... I think he's I think he's wooden and I think it works here more than it usually does because he's supposed to be. Well, wooden. and I think I think he also recognizes and mm. like just because he doesn't do it that way, I think he has a good eye for Acting talent because he, sure. he's directed some shit too, and I like him as a director. What's it, do you know off the top of your head why he's directed? I think it was I'm called Lonesome Dove, or oh, is that a? It's a western with oh, him okay. and uh, okay. I can't remember his name. It's like oh, I didn't three know he directed long. that. I know pretty about sure. it, but I didn't know he directed it. I'm pretty sure he directed Dances. I'm pretty sure, man. That could be the case. All right, I'm almost positive. Well, fuck yeah, because uh, all the talent is outside of Kevin Costner. Yeah, and dance with. So yeah, that makes sense. He has a great eye for talent, then. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, what up, man? That El Camino. Whew. That's a car, I guess. Yeah, it's the car that also has its two doors and it has like a truck bed in the back. It's the thing he drives. Into the fr- I don't know. It Guess what? I didn't slick. notice at all in this movie. You did not notice that El, El Camino. I didn't. Oh man, I did. No, that was tight. <laughs> uh, the Tony fight. Yeah. Oh man. So he has those fucking Japanese swords. He's a total weebo, right? Kind of is. What a weirdo. Kind of is, but I kind of appreciate that, especially nowadays. It seems much less special. To talk about, like, your weird, fucking, obscure passion or hobby. Yeah. I love that in a 1992 movie... He was a big Akira Kurosawa fan. Right? Like, that's kind of neat. Like, that's, like, a nice little kind of uh, a bona fide to Hollywood and cinema. Like, that's a nice pay-your-respects moment. And also, like... It's cool that they're... Well, and that like, that guy in the movie thing. was a bodyguard, and yeah. that's why he liked it, too. And Yeah. It was a cool touch, man. Again, there was some really nice world building Uh and character development in this. Agreed. Agreed. Um, What about the weird stalker dude? He was a good red herring. Yeah. Uh, A very good red herring. And I thought the reveal with the sister, uh, it was clunkily. It was very clunky. I'm still kind of confused in what even really happened. So she hired that guy to stalk her? No. 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 So what it was, what, and again, this is very clunky. It was delivered in a way that was very confusing. It took me like, I paused it and I had to think on it for a minute. But I think what happened was this stalker was writing creepy fucking letters on his own volition. Nobody was coaxing him into doing this. He was doing it. And then after um, Farmer came in to protect her, the sister saw this as a way to do something on her own, and then it would be ultimately pinned on this guy with the letter. Because she says she was drunk and high at a bar just the other night ordering this. Presumably after Farmer's been with well, her. But what did she hire him while. to do? She hired somebody at a bar, she put a hit out on her sister to kill her sister. Not this this guy with the letter. She she hired a hitman to kill her sister. But and it was the the old bodyguard. That wasn't the hitman because he wanted to kill her for his own reasons. I assumed because no. she rebuffed his advances. No, 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 no. So the she sister. Hired him. That's that then guy. Then why did they go to the fucking that funeral? guy in the mask? Was that guy? I know. Because, I got that part, but I thought that he just was still pissed because she rebuffed his advances. No. No, that bodyguard was a dirty bodyguard. Yeah. Because they make a point in this movie to talk about money and how much money Kevin, or Kevin Costner, how much money Farmer makes in the private sector that I think it shows like this old guy who was doing the same job Kevin Costner was, wasn't into doing like the work for less. So he went into the private sector, but in like a seedier way and was hired on by this woman when she was drunk in stone and just kind of talking shit about her sister the Man, other night. Man, it's still so poorly explained. But it, here's the whole the time I thought that he was just getting his revenge. done in two sentences. It was like, so they bad. They explain all that in two sentences real quick, and it's not super clear. You really have to, like, you have to do a lot of work to come to that. Because it took me, like, I paused. I was like, all right, let's fucking piece this together. I got my billboard with the strings, <laughs> and I started doing it, but... 
Ah, it's so bad that I had a big complaint with that part. I'm with you. And this is in the third act. Well, once I get to the cabin, things just kind of start happening really quickly and very unnaturally, I think, to get to the climax of the movie real quick. Man. But what do you have other points? To oh, talk yeah, I've about? got some right. other ones, too. All right. Why don't you go ahead? Uh, the only other big point I have is for the climax. Uh, my only one, it's just a dumb joke, really. Oh, great. <laughs> uh, but who's the worst bodyguard, Mac or Tony? Mac, Mac? from Always Sunny. Oh. Because <laughs> <laughs> Tony's pretty terrible, because doesn't he get knocked out, too? He he, he gets uh, jabbed in the eye and then and karate yeah. chopped. <laughs> and he gets beat up by this guy. And he's like, he gets this beat up in the club. Big or no, he gets left. mob looking dude that yeah. you've seen a million times because he's like that character actor who always gets like big dumb bodyguard. Like the lead, the head bodyguard's like, Tony this way. And he's like, no, come on, we'll go out this way. And he just barrels through and then nobody's there waiting. He's like, what the fuck? He's like, dude, he told you to come this way. <laughs> Tony's the worst for the the pure fact of, like, I'd have a beer with Mac. I'd hear what he'd have to oh, say man. about religion and politics. Oh, God. Oh, God, that'd be great. That'd I would be love the to. worst. You're all about fucking cringe. That is, like, nothing cringe. Yeah, but that's interacting with cringe. Oh, okay. Like, that's I like you draw your line. I like to have, like, a, like, it's like observing lions in the wild. Like, I want to be in the car away just watching the cringe. Not at all about <laughs> to be swept up in the crazy cringe tornado. Uh-uh. Don't want no part of that. Okay. Okay. I see. I find myself more in, like, in real life, I'm gravitated towards the fuck-ups and weirdos. Like, I would, Okay. Because I get into, like, this analyzation where I'm like, but why? But why? But why? Let's get into this. Uh, why? Um, yeah, this ending. Let's, right. let's get into this ending, man. So, fuck it. Your your lovely fiance Mandy. Yeah, uh, we were talking about this movie last week before I had seen it, and she said it was kind of just pretty much a Whitney Houston music video compilation. To which she is not wrong. Yeah, she's not wrong. You get a lot of Whitney Houston mu- uh, music throughout this movie, but that famous song comes in, and you know it's going to come in, and they're building to this scene that is like the most foreseeable, predictable fucking thing. But when those stairs touch down and she fucking hits that note, god damn if I didn't have fucking like <laughs> you I had some like goosebumps? a tear of power, yeah. man. Like I felt like I was gonna cry, just like how powerful like yeah. her voice in that moment were and like built it up with like the, the country song earlier. It fucking worked on me. And like I knew it was coming. Aww, and, like it was almost like awesome. I was ashamed of it, but like <laughs> God damn, like that was a fucking like, they nailed the landing on that scene. Yeah. And then they go on to do a little post-credit scene with Kevin Costner at, a, at like, the religious thing protecting the guy. I'm like, well, that didn't need to be there. Yeah. That took away from the power of the moment. <laughs> but it shows he's getting back into life. Sure. But, sure. you know, he's not he's not scared even though he got shot. He's ready to... Do you think there was any symbolism there that it was the... It was specifically a religious man he was looking after and protecting. But they, they really... The last room of the movie is a freeze frame of his face next to, like, that man holding the cross. And that cross was the same pendant, or very similar to the pendant he gave to uh, Rachel oh, for protection. Know, and then I was like, what is the symbolism of this? Because there's no other reason why you put this in here. I got lost in it. I, <clears throat> I would have just cut that last ten seconds, and I yeah. think it would have been so much I better. didn't put any symbolism to it. I was just... I might have also just been ready for it to be over. Yeah. Well, that's true. Because uh, at that point, it is well past, like, it's, due it's, for it to probably it's be It's welcome as worn out. <laughs> uh, just I a little also, bit. Just a little bit. I would have liked it maybe a little more obvious right up front that that was his dad. Oh, I, this is, I, as soon as he came out, I looked at Laura, I was like, oh, his dad. I was like, I kind of thought, I was like, I guess is, is this his dad? And then, like, still, it kind of went on. I was like, well, is this his they dad? They never really say it. They hint because they kind of do like, when he's, oh, well, we buried uh, uh, Eleanor, his mother. Well, they, where it kind of gets. He's together. also making him tell stories from his childhood. Mm-hmm. So he's obviously at least been around for yeah. her. So you, you're just yeah. very assumed. I think, doesn't he call him Pop, too? He says something. Or Dad. Yeah. One night, yeah. But it's subtle, and I appreciate yeah. that. This in any movie, 
please treat the audience like we're not fucking idiots where we have to have like three lines of dialogue to say like I'm your dad. And that's where like I get kind of frustrated because like also, I think that's smart, but then this, when the sister confesses, it's very not smart. Yeah. And then it is that exposition. This this assassin really fucked up too, because like Oh yeah. Why would he rig the boat to explode? What's the guarantee that the person you want so many questions yeah. about the scene why did he rig the boat to explode why was everybody freaking about that kid like in a boat like hey that's where he should be if he can't swim let him stay in that boat well, why no. did kevin costner tackle he, him out of the boat because he saw he the was... boot tra- he knew the boat was rigged to blow up he saw the dude's boot tracks he's like oh shit oh is that what it was yeah he I saw the, the boot tracks he thing. saw them leading to the boathouse and then he put it together and that's why he flipped out okay because he knew it was gonna blow up okay then i have no issue with this scene yeah except for why is there a boat exactly yeah and and then it's so like it's like the car bombs too it's like why would you not just go into somebody's room when they're sleeping quietly and shoot them or do something or cut them do whatever you need to do did you watch you watched ides of march with George Clooney. I actually did not. And, oh. and Gosling, too, is in it, right? Oh, no. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sorry. Not that one. The one where he's, like, the Seriana. lawyer fixer. No. Lawyer fixer. It's, your dad really liked it. I forget the name of it. He's a lawyer fixer? And there's a car bomb in his car, and he stops, and he's looking at the horses, and then the car explodes. He's a lawyer fixer? Yes! He's, like, a dirty lawyer Michael fixer. Clayton. Yes! Michael Clayton! Michael Clayton. My dad doesn't like that movie. I thought you said he did. No, you were saying you were, I think oh, at I, some point, yeah, I said you, you made should. a joke about it. Like, I was like, you should watch that with your because dad. Because this is a total dad movie. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, right. That's what you said. That is exactly what happened. That's uh, what it was. No, because that movie is way too slow and nothing happens for my dad. Yeah, that's true. No, that wouldn't work. But a, a dad dad movie is like, I don't know, Forbidden Planet. <laughs> Like, I'm trying to think, like, no, not Flash Gordon, because that might be too kitschy or smart. Yeah. No, not not Star Wars. That's, uh, it's not really, it's something real low. She, she Lady of the Amazon, <laughs> five, Return of the Ape Men. Critters, three. <laughs> Is that the one starring Leo? I don't know. Is it? No, I think. One of them, ha- one of them has Leo, young, young little baby Leo. Maybe that's two. I'm not Ryan! Sure. The new batch. Critters 2, the new batch. It, like, <laughs> so, you know, for Valentine's Day, as we both exchanged our gifts, we both got each other uh, a box heart of candy. Sure. With ten candies apiece in it. Okay. So, with ten candies being the best amount of candies... Okay. What would you rate the bodyguard in a scale of candies? Honestly, uh, I'd say solid eight okay. out of ten. I don't think it's perfect... And I don't think it's amazing, but I think it's definitely worth going back and seeing if you've not seen yeah. it. Uh, yeah, it's it's a classic for a reason. It's a it's a very simple story told very well. What about you? Uh, I say I ate three and a half pieces of that candy, so I'd give it a seven and a half. Okay, all right. Uh, it's still it's a pretty fucking great movie. It's well above average. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I would not mind sitting through it again. I'll say it that way too. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a good that's a good scale. Yeah. Would you watch it again? I also think this might be. We probably shot our wad really early. This might be the best pop star movie we watched for Valentine's Day. Yeah, I think it's Day. all downhill from here. Uh huh. Yeah. I really do too. That's a newfound glory reference for you. Yeah. It's all oh! downhill. You've been listening. Here. We're going to newfound glory. I'm excited about this. <laughs> did you like my newfound? I did. What's well, pretty so, on? So it's the way Casey on. and I would do it, we would just hold it. Cause it's all downhill from here. You got to sing through the nose. That's true. Yeah, that's, that's how true. you do it. That guy has an impossibly high voice. I love it, man. Jordan's the best. He's such a cool. <laughs> He's the best. It's great. I'm excited that you're coming to this These show. Are people I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be good. It's gonna I'm be. I'm excited good. too. It'll Buddy, be fun. Happy Valentine's Day, man. Happy Valentine's Day. Cheers to you, to me, to this show, and to all the listeners. Yeah, to all you guys, too. Uh, thanks a lot, man. We love you guys. Fuck uh, it, we'll say it. it. It's Valentine's Day. Yeah, we do love we you. We love each and every one of you. And, you know, because Valentine's Day is really just all about corporate soulless selloutism. Pretty much. Let us tell you about our Patreon real quick. Hey! Uh, show us you love us with your money. You should. Because uh, <laughs> you get a lot of cool shit with it, and even more. Cause Sometimes. <laughs> we're, 
We're going to do, you know, you get your regular drunk cast. We've been trying to fucking bust our asses thinking of other new shit we can do. I think we both kind of agreed tonight. Mm-hmm. We're going to try to do reviews of, like, all the King of the Hill episodes. This will be interesting. So, um, hopefully we can, we're going to make them smaller, but hopefully that's something we can put out on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Like, more consistently, like, so that, you know, you're getting stuff throughout the month, each month. And it's not just one thing, mm-hmm. and then blah, 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 nothing, and we don't do anything. We 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 have been trying to make it better, and so yeah. I think this is a way. And we Absolutely. don't have to watch them together. You can just work through and take notes on each episode, I too. Do you have a Hulu again? Yeah. So, <laughs> so, you know, all we ask is a buck. If you want to give more, we don't ask you to. Mm-hmm. We, we give you everything for just a dollar. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. uh... So yeah, check us out on Patreon. You can, I think it's just Patreon slash Experience Grind. Or That's it. Mm-hmm. Experience Grind. It's one of those things. Yeah. Hooray. Follow us on there Facebook, you Twitter, yeah. you know. Yeah. We're trying to. More than your money. Just love hearing from yeah, you guys. Yeah, that's really our big thing. That's it. We just love hearing from you guys. And uh, we're going to shut up and get out of here now. I got to go make a pizza. I got to go make a pizza. <laughs> Bye, everybody.